Hi, my name is Irina Kremin, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Blue Beauty Series, hosted by Jeannie Jarnot, the founder and CEO of Beauty Heroes. In this podcast series, we interview a beauty and wellness brand's founders, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to talk about the future of beauty and how to build businesses that leave our planet better and bluer. From zero-waste packaging to regenerative practices, you will discover why materials matter, how to make philanthropy the foundation of a profitable business model, and which innovative brands are leading the Blue Beauty Revolution. And good morning, good afternoon, uh, whenever you are. I am in Europe, uh, and Kelly, and, uh, Kelly is in the uh, U.S. Samir is, where are you, Samir? U.S., same. U.S., where? Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, okay, great. So today, uh, we have a special guest, Samir Lakhani, uh, who is the co-founder of EcoSoap Bank, and uh, we will host a fireside chat uh, moderated by Kelly Kovac, who is the founder and uh, CEO of Beauty Matter. Uh, she is uh, Kelly is uh, one of our favorite media uh, partner, and uh, she is amazing conversationalist. And uh, we are super happy to have Kelly uh, speaking with Samir. Uh, about the soap recycling initiative and ways that soap manufacturers globally can engage to recycle their excess waste and um, rejects, etc. Et uh, please help me to welcome, without any further ado, Kelly Koak. Thank you, Irina, and thank you for the opportunity to have such a fantastic conversation. I've honestly been looking forward to this all week, so thank you. Um, so Samir, let's just dive in. Um, you know, I think your work has probably taken on a much different and perhaps a more profound context given the hand hygiene has kind of been the, at the forefront of everyone's minds during COVID. But being able to properly wash our hands may be something that in the West or in sort of first world countries that we take for granted. Um, can you start at the beginning and share what the EcoSoap Bank does and how, and sort of a little bit about your path to founding it in 2014? Oh, my pleasure. Um, thank you for hosting and thank you for your work. I've been a long-term follower, so ah, thank you. Thanks. So um, EcoSoap Bank was founded in a pretty emotional singular moment. I was traveling through rural Cambodia and I saw something that I would never forget, that nobody would forget. I witnessed a village mother bathing her newborn child, but unfortunately she was using laundry detergent to do so. Laundry powder obviously should never be applied to the skin, let alone to a newborn. In a moment of distress and with the help, uh, with the help of a local Cambodian friend, I asked her a few questions and I asked her, if she felt that laundry detergent would be preventing the types of diseases that here in the West we prevent every single day through simple hand washing, like diarrhea, pneumonia, etc. And she told me something fascinating. She said that if her son fell sick, it was probably because of sins he had committed in a past life. And I pressed further and I asked this mother, 
if she could afford a normal uh, hygiene product, a normal bar of soap for such a hygienic practice. And she said that a typical bar of soap cost 50 or 60 cents in Cambodia. And it was more than a single day's wages. She was obviously going to prioritize purchasing food or medicine for her family. Leaving that moment, I think we all would have felt pretty poorly. And when I returned to my hotel room and stepped into the bathroom, it hit me like a lightning bolt, Kelly. We all have seen a newly replaced bar of soap there on the sink and housekeeping has replaced it overnight. And in that exact moment, I knew that there was a mountain of soap under our feet in hotels and elsewhere in the world. And our job was to recycle it safely and redistribute it to people just like her, just like that mother I saw in rural Cambodia. And so just to um, to sort of set the foundation here, how old were you when you had this lightning bolt moment? Because that's also part of the story. Yeah, I was uh, 21 or 22. Um, and I had no real business being in Cambodia other than it had an easy, easy visa upon arrival process. But the hygienic situation there and the urgent need for for hygiene, it was so widespread. I could not let go of that image, Kelly. So at the at the age of 21, you you decided to sort of tackle this, which is so amazing. Um, You know, I think that it's also important to understand and probably before we dive into the work, you know, and to kind of set a foundation. Can you share the environmental impact of soap? And all effort, and for, I guess for the discarded soap, and also what the recycling process looks for looks like. Maybe sort of what was happening to it, kind of when you started, and kind of what is it now? Sure, of course, there aren't too many recyclers out there. Um, we are particularly proud of our model because it focuses entirely on employing women to recycle the product. But Kelly, I'll ask you a trivia question if yeah. you're okay. <laughs> How many bars of hotel soap are thrown away per day? I'm sure it's mind boggling. I can't even, millions. Millions, correct. So obviously things are different now, but at the height of the industry, perhaps last year, it was about 5 million bars per day. That's over 2 billion bars per year that could have been redistributed to mothers that I interacted with, uh, such as in Cambodia. However, the issue expands from hotels as well. Uh, Manufacturers obviously will have waste products, overruns, rejects, scraps, et cetera. And our model is unique and we take a wasted resource, we revitalize it into brand new bars of soap and we redistribute it to millions of people across the world. At the end of this year, we're projected to reach just under 4 million people with soap and hygiene education. So, you know, what you're doing represents such a simple solution to health and well-being in impoverished communities. But I think it's still a little hard um, when, when you haven't witnessed it firsthand, the actual profound impact that it has. Could you share an example of the impact your program has had on a community? 100%. Um, at the height of the pandemic, and to your point earlier, um, this mission, this cause, um, this vision, if you will, has taken on a whole new dimension under these circumstances. 
in a place like Cambodia, and currently we're working in 16 developing countries, we're very, very pleased that this work has grown based on the simplicity of the idea. Um, but take a place like Cambodia. There's 20 million people living in Cambodia. However, there's only three hospitals serving that entire population. So what that means is that rural Cambodians, just like the mother I interacted with, if they or their children fall sick, access to public health is nearly non-existent. Okay, so we are very proud. The impact that we have had since the starting of the pandemic is we have distributed sufficient supplies of soap to every single healthcare institution, clinic, quarantine facility, prison, and school inside the country such that we can stem the flow and stem the growth of this uh, virus in Cambodia. There's one more point that I want to make. In a country like Sierra Leone, at the height of the pandemic, there was it's a country of about 8 million people. There was only one single available ventilator for use at the beginning of the pandemic. Public health and treatment is not a solution for much of the developing world. And so it goes back to simple prevention. And that means hand washing with soap. We're very, very proud in Sierra Leone. We're employing seven survivors, seven widows from the Ebola epidemic to recycle soap on a daily basis. This is gainful employment for them. And we have successfully supplied over half a million people in Sierra Leone with the soap that they need to keep themselves healthy and happy. So can we dig into a little bit of your program that goes beyond the soap and the education? Because you're really providing jobs that are also sort of another another way of helping these communities kind of move forward. And specifically, um, you've kind of integrated the countries into your operations and supply chain. Um, and you're focusing on women, right? That's correct. Um, you, have, you have internalized the work so well, you no longer need me. Thank you for doing that. There are three main components to the work. To break down the mission, it is very simply to employ disadvantaged women globally. These are women who are single mothers, uh, disabled um, or HIV positive, um, who have no source of reliable income. We employ 150 women globally to recycle a waste product. And that comes from manufacturers and over 1,200 hotels globally, but also a dozen manufacturers all over the world. And then lastly, we redistribute the product in a culturally sensitive and culturally relevant way to the end user, to the children in school so that they can form healthy habits or to the women that, we, that I interacted with in Northern Cambodia. Imagine this, Kelly. I somehow ended up in Liberia. And in Liberia, uh, according to the World Bank, only 1% How does of- someone just randomly end up in Liberia? <laughs> um, before, the, before the pandemic, I was traveling to such places. I hope to go back. Um, there's such a vibrancy of life in these countries. It's just, uh, it's just contagious. Um, however, um, in Liberia, only 1% of households have a bar of soap in the home. Imagine if I went to a mother in this country and started talking about childhood diarrhea. It would not be appropriate whatsoever, and I would be quickly kicked out. The whole point of this work is to employ local women 
in the country that they live in and that they serve such that we can impart a sustainable, lasting change in behavior. And also, you know, in these countries, women don't have the same opportunities as men. But if you empower them with a livelihood, it makes the impact is so, I mean, it, it's, it, the amplification is amazing. You really have internalized it. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, you're right. There's one data point that I can't get out of my head. Women in the developing world reinvest 90% of their incomes back into their family units, as opposed to 40% for men. So at the beginning of this work, we quickly analyzed how can we adopt entire family units? How can we uplift entire families, ensure nutrition and ongoing schooling to the children? And it's very simple employ women in the developing world. And currently we're employing 150 women in 13 developing countries. I want to share a very quick story with you, if yeah. I may. Yeah. Our first employee in Cambodia, her name was Tirang. She's a secondary school dropout. And I remember when we were interviewing her, she was so shy, she would not even look us in the eye. Something was troubling her. I don't know what it was. But me and my friend, we, we saw a spark in her. We saw there was something there. So we hired her. And six years later, she is running her own soap recycling workshop, managing 13 other women, managing our supply chain, interacting with general managers at five-star hotels. It's just the definition of upward mobility in the developing world. And when I think of this work, I see Tirang's face. That's amazing. You know, how does, what does the process of recycling soap look like? And, and you know, maybe start with one of your partners and, and the journey going from sort of picking up the waste, recycling, and sort of deploying it to the hands of the people who need it. Of course, of course. So um, we work with many different partners and we love helping uh, manufacturers uh, graduate towards zero waste manufacturing. Our, our solution is turnkey and we wanna make it as easy and seamless as possible for manufacturers globally, such that they don't have to worry about this and such we can continue to make positive environmental strides. Very simple. We work with uh, manufacturers. An example would be Bradford Soap. And we collect whatever has been generated and we ship it to West Africa and Sierra Leone, where our women are stationed and ready to recycle that into brand new usable bars. The recycling process is very, very simple. It includes some sterilization. It includes some regrinding, and you form basically brand new bars of soap. I should have one around here. Um, and then it is quickly redistributed into the community in a relevant way. One of, the, one of the things we're most proud of is when we make a bar of soap, it doesn't sit in a warehouse. It does not sit on the shelves. It goes out the door at the end of that week such that we can make a life-saving impact that very day. Uh, by the end of this year, we'll have distributed over 10 million bars of soap, and that looks like it needs to grow given the current global circumstances. So I'm going to do a little boasting for you. Um, oh. Today, the organization employs 154 women who have provided more than 9 million bars of soap and educated over 3 million people 
And this said in your bio, it said 15, but I think you said 16 countries, yes? 16 now, yes. 16 countries, supporting over 2,500 schools, health clinics, and refugee settlements. You've also received a CNN Heroes Award, a Unilever Young Entrepreneurs Award, Forbes 30 Under 30, and a TED Talk, which everyone should watch. Um, okay, so you started at 21. You've been doing this for six years. So you are 27? Yes. 28, yes. 28, okay. Still very young, massive accomplishment. What can you share for this recipe? What is your recipe for success? And like, how did you take a concept, this light bulb moment that you had in your hotel from concept to sort of operational and to scale? Because you've actually scaled this very simple idea in a way that is so impressive. Thank you. Um, I have a bit of a boring answer. I feel as a young millennial full of energy, I should give you the typical startup response. Um, and <laughs> certainly we do have elements and strains of that, but I want to give you the, my, my truth, if you will. And it's simply consistency. Just be there. Um, be there for the women you're employing. Just show up and be there for your partners, uh, whether it's a soap manufacturer or a hotel. Just be a consistent partner on an ongoing basis. This work is all about relationships, as you know. And so the more we can invest and show our consistently, just show up every single day, that is how I believe this simple idea will continue to take foothold and we will garner more and more participation of manufacturers globally to be able to do this. So what does the future look like for, for EcoSoap Bank? We have a simple mantra that no child should suffer from a preventable hygiene-related illness when there's soap being discarded globally. With forums such as this, with Arena's forum, we intend to further amplify our work, the word of our work, and to make this industry as, as close to zero waste as possible. It's as simple as that. And let me give you a simple equation, a simple visualization. The more waste uh, or, um, or, or rejects or whatever it is that we generate globally that already exists, we can use that physical product to create hundreds, if not thousands of jobs for more women globally. This is the point. We are not a relief organization shipping a container of soap to a country and then leaving. We are there in those countries to say, stay. We're a consistent organization, and we intend to be that consistent solution for hotels and obviously manufacturers on a global basis. I know it sounds like we have reached a lot of people in our short tenure, and thank you for saying so, but the need is so grand, Kelly. We have a lot of work to do. Well, on that note, what do you look for from partners and how can the beauty and personal care industry support your work? Brands, suppliers, you know, what do you need? Um, how do you vet partners? Um, you know, how can the industry kind of get beyond or get beyond, get behind what you're doing? Thank you for asking that question. I have a simple message to everybody, and that is in this space, in this industry, 
I want people to know, and this is not to depress anyone, I want people to know the reality of hygiene globally, that it is not accessible or equitable to everybody. Um, and if we can play a small part in spreading that singular piece of news or information, we will have done our job. However, if people want to get involved in the fight, there's two simple ways. Soap manufacturers globally, either directly or indirectly, please get in contact with us. We provide a turnkey solution to a waste problem, and we um, provide a seamless experience in collecting and recycling and also showing the impact of these distributions, which is very important. So that's the soap manufacturers and hotel side of things. And the second piece is for brands, particularly who want to have an ongoing sustainable impact, empowering women globally, providing children with the health supplies that they need, get in touch with us as well. There's always creative ways to blend imp impact into the DNA of your brand, whether it's a buy one, give one program or some sort of sponsorship. Really, our recipe is simple. We work with manufacturers and as part of a supply chain, and we work for brands to financially sponsor and empower the work going into the future. Well, it makes it, you, you know, I think what is so, I mean, there's many things that are impressive but with, with what you're doing, but I am always such a fan of simplicity. Like people overlook simplicity and look to create sort of these, you know, big moments by making them so complex that it's hard to be successful. And you've taken sort of a simple problem, you've created a simple solution, you've created simple ways to work with people. Um, you know, you're a case study in simplicity, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, I thank you so much. Um, I actually, I have a bar of soap here, if I may show it what? to you very quickly. So this is a bar of our soap. Um, the wrapping is most uh, important to us. Mm -hmm. The wrapping is actually a discarded hotel linen oh, that we wow. and we have printed the impact of the work directly. On, we screen printed it on wow. the on the linen, and this is the woman in Nepal. Her name is Chungda, uh, that has made this bar of soap, wow. and this is what we redistribute globally. Um, it's oh, that is so amazing because you know I there's such care in that and it's not just sort of a bar of soap like it's someone took the time and it's amazing that's amazing it's love it's love yeah. and it's made by women globally who have amazing stories but this is their story mm. the narrative of their life has shifted from survival to community champion and they have embraced that role. Samir, this conversation was so amazing. And I hope it's the first of many. Um, and, you know, uh, I hope there's lots of ways that we can work together. And this is just the beginning of, uh, you know, a long partnership together. And I really thank Irina for putting this together and, and introducing us because um, the work you're doing is important. Thank you for your work with sustainability, with diversity. Uh, we will always be here consistently for people like you and Arena. Thank you. And here is our friend Arena. I think. <laughs> yes, you hear me? Yes. 
And what is, Samir, what is the best way to reach out to you for the brands who would like to work? Uh, yes, please. Um, our website, ecosoapbank.org, is the best way. And I'll be quick to respond, I promise. Great. 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 Thank you so much for a very inspiring story. And thank you, Kelly, for facilitating. It's amazing, as usual. Thank you. And I hope we will hear more from the brands and other companies who would like to support this cause. Yes. Okay. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from the Blue Beauty series and to meet some of the speakers online, join Beauty Influence Network. Thanks again, and I will see you next time.